Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi and welcome to another edition of Tawheed and the Creation, exploring the book The Big Bang, The Amazing Human Body, authored by Bilisari Mani. And uh, yes, uh, we in the second part of the book, looking at the human body. Uh, last week, we focused on the human ear. And inshallah, this week, we will continue looking at how the human ear receives sound and translates that information to the brain. Uh, Bilisari, Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the show once again. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Muhammad Fasih, as always, it's a great pleasure for me to be here. It's a pleasure having Bilisari with us, alhamdulillah. And uh, I'm looking forward to continuing this discussion. I think that whenever we look at what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created, particularly tonight, uh, as we reflect on the human ear once again, we realize that this device has not been made in a factory in any part of the world. Uh, it's a device that grows from a clot of blood, subhanAllah, into a human being uh, that has an amazing ability to pick up sound, to translate sound, and doing it in such a way that it's never required to have batteries, never required to be tuned up or down, subhanAllah. So I'm just in awe of, of how the human ear works, alhamdulillah, as a testament to just the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being displayed in a small way. Yeah, Muhammad Fasih, I mean, we must remind ourselves um, whenever we listen to this program of why we are doing what we are doing. We are doing this in response to a command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that we should look at the heavens and the earth and within our own selves to recognize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's signs. And we say signs, signs should be things that we realize the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and also the awesomeness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when we look at how the ear operates, the ear is something that we can see, we know about on the outside, but we don't really fully understand what happens inside. And so part of the exercise is to first realize how great the ear is, but also the limitations of the ear. And then we must connect that to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sign uh, and sifat of being all hearing, inshallah. Inshallah, I mean. So last week we looked at the external part of the ear. We looked at the canal leading inside the ear. Uh, we looked at the eardrum. Uh, we also explored those three bones that fit on the nail of a human being and how they are a tuning fork in a sense, picking up those vibrations and translating them. And we spoke about the cochlea this spiral, this snail-like object in the ear, and uh, we spoke about its function uh, in very brief descriptions. So tonight we'll be going a little bit more deeper into that and then how sound is produced in, in, in the ear from there. Yes, Muhammad Fasih, um, you will, of course, um, you've, 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 you've covered the first part, I'm not going to cover that, but we now have this movement um, that's generated by any sound. 
Let's remind our listeners, sound is what we detect with the ear. So we must understand what is sound. Sound is when the air is moved back and forth. Um, if you were to take, uh, let me use an example of a ruler and you put it, uh, a plastic ruler, and you put it flat on the table um, with the end hanging out and you pull it back and it will go through uh, a rapid uh, uh, movement back and forth. In a sense, what we are doing, sound pushes the air back and forth like that. And that is what makes the, the eardrum move in sympathy with what comes into the actual ear. And now we get to the cochlea. The cochlea, as, uh, as you've indicated, Muhammad Fasih, is that device or that object that looks like a snail. It's filled with a special type of liquid. Um, and as we mentioned last week, that liquid plays a role in assisting us with the human balance. Um, and if I can take just a, a complete leaf out of, uh, of the topic and just go digress. People who watch the fight between, was it Wilder and, 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 and Fury? <laughs> the boxing match um, where the one damaged the eardrum of, of the one boxer damaged the eardrum of the other person the, uh, and, and the blood was pouring out and that person couldn't retain his balance. He was still strong, he was still able to do what he wanted to do but he was, he was completely disorientated and couldn't move around properly because his balance was completely out. Uh, that's just a, a, a commercial. <laughs> but to illustrate the, the importance of that liquid. But the key other function that it performs is within the cochlea, we have this tiny little um, hair-like nerves throughout the entire structure of the cochlea and they pick up all the vibrations and all the vibrations that's coming into the ear goes to an auditory nerve uh, and as we indicated last week it comes from the word audio auditory so sound the the, the sound uh, nerve that's responsible for sound and connects it to the brain and these tiny hairs um, convert the movement the physical movement that it picks up into tiny, tiny, tiny electrical impulses. And the brain, in fact, everything that goes on in the brain, the brain operates on electricity. So whatever the brain uh, input or output from the brain is in the form of tiny electrical messages. So the, 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 it comes in as a small electrical message and it will send out an electrical message. But if, if we get to the brain, we'll speak more about that. But for now, Muhammad Fasih, we've got to the point where that movement has been converted now to electrical impulses and the brain picks it up as sound. 
The voice of Buddha Salimani, this is the program Tawheed and the Creation. Uh, this evening, continuing our journey uh, with the ear and how human beings take in sound and how the brain will translate it. And uh, when we come back, uh, we will continue. You're welcome to visit uh, the IONO FM platform. Search for Voice of the Cape on IONO.FM and uh, you'll be able to download the podcasts that uh, are uploaded pertaining to the shows that we have have on a Thursday evening. Well, for now, time for a break. And when we come back, we will continue. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Welcome back to the program Tawheed and the Creation, exploring the book The Big Bang, The Amazing Human Body with uh, Buddha Salimani. And uh, just before the break, we were looking at uh, the ears. And uh, Buddha Salimani, one of the amazing things about the human ear is that if we think about the function that it performs, and uh, I think last week we mentioned that the message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the form of the Qur'an was conveyed via sound, in a sense. Uh, obviously also conveyed to the art of Rasulullah but also to the ears, to the brain of Rasulullah So how valuable is this not that Allah's words could actually be heard and then be transmitted from this human body, but absorbed through the ears into the brain, subhanAllah. SubhanAllah, Muhammad Fasih, um, that is a wonderful observation our first point of contact with the Qur'an um, when it's being recited is via our ears, especially if somebody else recites. Of course, if we are reciting, then it's also our eyes. Uh, it would be our eyes involved as well. But if somebody else recites, then we hear. This is one of the ways, most powerful ways that we must never ever forget, that we talk about hearing and sight that those are the two organs through which Allah speaks to us directly. Allah speaks to us directly the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala our Lord the creator of this entire universe communicates to us via the Quran. Of course the Quran and the words of what people are saying is not literally the words of Allah because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't speak with words and with letters. Allah's hearing and Allah's speech and, and Allah's uh, seeing is totally different from anything in the entire creation. So we mustn't make the mistake to, 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 to make a comparison between how we hear, see or speak and say that Allah is like that. Allah speaks without any organs, hears without any organs, sees without any organs. But the fact that the Quran is made available to us via our ears is a fantastic, fantastic mercy. Otherwise, how would we have operated on this uh, uh, dunya? Allah has given us the guidance through the Qur'an and of course through the practical example of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
So the ability of human beings to hear, and now we, we get into some of the technicalities and we look at the science of hearing. Um, human beings can hear a great range of sound. I know that also there are certain sounds that human beings aren't able to hear. Um, I think we, we all know about the dog whistle and dogs go crazy for it, but human beings can't hear it. But if we explore this, how do we then begin to understand the range at which the human ear is able to pick up and translate sound. I also recall, but Sally mentioned last week, that the brain does hear everything, but it can only translate at a certain range. Yeah. If we look at how the ear operates, um, and we look at the physical components of the eardrum and the bones that vibrate at the frequency at which the sound is coming in, then obviously even an eardrum can only vibrate up to a certain frequency. It, it has limits like everything else in creation. So we can only hear uh, between 20 cycles per second or the frequency of 20 hertz and 20,000 hertz. Um, now hertz, frequency, cycles per second sounds a bit technical, but that is the the terminology that's being used. So between 20 and 20,000 cycles per second is the range of what a human being can hear. Anything below that, we can't hear. Anything above that, we can't hear. And your example, Muhammad Fasih, of dogs, if you have a whistle, special whistles, that dogs can hear. Dogs can hear up to 60,000. We can only hear up to 20,000 cycles per second. Dogs can hear up to 60,000 cycles per second. Um, but I might as well just tell you, there, you don't have ears in everything in creation, yet there are things like, for example, fish. If you look at a fish, uh, you can look, they won't have ears, they don't have ears. Can they hear? Yes, they can hear. They hear by detecting the change um, in the water pressure, like if there's movement of the water pressure, like there's a sound in the water, then that sound causes the water to move and that changes the pressure in the water and they actually hear through the, 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 the outside of their bodies and they can actually detect sounds. Snakes. Snakes also don't have ears. Um, I don't know when last you looked at the snake, uh, but they don't have ears. Uh, trust me. They hear actually through their jaw bones. <laughs> uh, their jaw bones being open, that's why the snake's mouth is open. It listens through its jaw bone, and when the air is moved, when the sound is generated, then that movement in the air is detected through the jaw bone. Uh, and then I can also say mosquitoes uh, have two antennae. They don't have uh, ears and they hear through those things. So the ear is an extremely wonderful device. And I just have to say one thing though, the fact that we can only hear 20 to 20,000 cycles should be an illustration to us that we are not all hearing. <laughs> it's a clear, limit that Allah has put on what we can hear, even just in terms of that, 
And of course, if something is too far away and it's too soft, we can't hear. If it's too loud also, we can't hear. So our ear, as great as it might be, cannot hear beyond a certain uh, criteria or limit. And Allah has made that clear. Allah doesn't have those limits, but Allah created us with ears that are definitely limited, great, but they're very limited. The voice of Bilisan Imani, this is the program, Tilkhid the Creation, exploring the book, The Big Bang, The Amazing Human Body, uh, looking at hearing this great gift that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us, and uh, uh, we're also reflecting on the science uh, behind how human beings hear. When we come back after this break, we will continue. <laughs> Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi Welcome back to the program Tawheed the Creation Exploring the book The Big Bang The Amazing Human Body uh, We are exploring the second part of the book Looking at the human body And last week we started off on the human ear This evening we continue And uh, we will be looking at uh, the uh, sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Dealing with hearing And uh, Sadi, I know that um, whenever we talk about something uh, as simple in our understanding is hearing, uh, we are reflecting upon it from a point of view of a human being. But when we talk about the Creator, the one who is the owner of all the abilities that they are, how do we then understand Allah subhanahu wa as being the all-hearing? Shukran Muhammad Fasih. The first thing to say is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all-hearing. And that most of us know that. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hears without the need of an ear. And if we look at all the, the rest of the creation, we will see that it's not the ear through which the snake hears, uh, or the mosquito, or the fish. So hearing is something that should give us an idea that hearing doesn't, it doesn't become essential to have an ear to ear. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hears without any organ or any ears. Now, sound, we can only hear something if there is a sound. Uh, can, can you hear if there is no sound, uh, Muhammad Fasih? Uh, I would say no. Yes, no. There, there's nothing to hear. So if a sound is not generated, then we can't hear. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and this is the marvelous part when we talk about the sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all hearing whether there is a sound in creation or not. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was all hearing before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created anything in creation, the sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of being all hearing applied then already as it applied now and as it will apply in, in, in the past. So if you look at that, you can say, yes, but um, doesn't it mean 
that in order to hear there has to be sound. If we made, if, 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 if we followed through with that uh, 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 logic, we would say then it would mean that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the creator of this universe, is waiting on a sound to be generated from creation before the sifat becomes applicable. And that would express need. And Allah is beyond need. And also, just then reflecting on physical attributes being attached when people speak about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, obviously, when we talk about hearing, we're not talking about the ability to hear uh, by virtue of having an apparatus attached uh, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The same that we're not talking about a physical hand when we're talking about the hand of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we're not talking about something physical, something grounded in the physical world that we understand, but rather something that is befitting the majesty of Allah subhanahu wa in the way that Allah subhanahu wa hears. Yes, uh, Muhammad Fasih, um, Allah is all hearing and no sound can be generated that is new or hidden from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It doesn't matter what frequency it is, it doesn't matter how loud it is, it doesn't matter how soft it is. If there is a sound that is generated, then that sound is heard, was heard, and will be heard by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even before the sound is generated. Because if you just follow through with this now um, and say, I'm going to speak. Um, I didn't speak yet, but I'm going to speak. Does Allah hear me speak while I am speaking? Yes. Does it mean that Allah only hears after I have spoken? If we say Allah only hears after I have spoken, it means the sifat of hearing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being all hearing is waiting on me to speak before it can hear. That is need. Do you understand how, how important it is for us not to associate the way things operate on the dunya. Because nothing that Allah hears is new or unknown to Allah. Allah knows everything. And the thing that we should relate back to this discussion is what we did in the first part of the book, that Allah was the creator of time. So time never applies to Allah. Time does, Allah doesn't have to wait for time to pass before Allah hears. Allah hears the past, the present, and the future all at the same time. So whatever we say is already heard and known to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, but Asani, then if we talk about the concept of hearing in terms of uh, the understanding that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hears all things, we're not just talking about sound in the sense, in the conventional sense that we understand it, are, are we? Because uh, certainly there is the thoughts of human beings there is the yearning and the desires of human beings as well. So certainly can we say that Allah subhanahu wa hears those aspects of sound, if I can call it that, as well? Yeah, it actually, what you are saying refers more to the sifat of Al-Alim, the all-knowing. But um, you speak to yourself <laughs> uh, unconsciously, you know, subconsciously. Um, some people even tell jokes to themselves and laugh uh, subconsciously. <laughs> but if we talk about 
anything that can be heard. It doesn't matter where that is coming from, whether the heart is speaking to the mind or the mind speaking to the heart or an external thing. Allah can hear everything. There is nothing that is beyond Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's ability to hear. Allah hears everything. And the great thing about Allah's sifat of being all hearing. Now I think you must just ponder on this, this one. We keep on using this example. Allah, uh, uh, there are how many people on the dunya, Muhammad Fasir? Uh, close to 8 billion, 7 billion, they say. Yeah, just over 7 billion people on this dunya. If all of them were to speak at the same time, 7 billion people, all of them speak at the same time, saying different things, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what every person is saying of all seven billion people, what they are saying, what their meaning is, how they are saying and when they are saying, Allah knows that, all at exactly the same time. Now you think that's great? That's, that's obviously subhanAllah. We've We've got three or four noises around us happening at the same time and we can just about make out the three or four noises. What if this entire universe with everything that happens generates noise and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hears them all simultaneously? Now you add to the fact that it's not only in the present but every single noise or speech or topic that was raised in the past since the beginning of creation till the end of creation Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hears all of that at the same time and understands exactly what was said who said what and how that sound was generated and also Bilisari, uh, when we talk about every single sound we don't realize that when we get up uh, we are producing probably about a thousand different sounds because of the rustling of fibers, uh, the way that it strokes our skin, the fact that perhaps even on a microscopic level, the hairs, the sounds of the hairs emit as they move over our bodies, the sound of the blood rushing through our veins, the sound of the every fiber being stroked as we walk across the carpet and all of those things. Uh, even in the ocean, every droplet that falls in the ocean when it rains, that produces a sound. Absolutely everything, a displacement of a grain of sand, everything produces a sound. Allah is aware of all of that from the, t from the beginnings of Allah of creation till the time of, of Qiyamah. You add to that, Muhammad Fasih, you saw, right, that we say we are made up of how many cells? 40 trillion yeah. cells. Each one of those cells are alive. They move. And when they move, they generate the sound. Everything that moves displaces air, and when it displaces air, it generates a sound, whether we can hear it or not. Every atom in the entire universe, uh, every single atom is made up of a center, a nucleus, around which electrons orbit. The electrons move in an orbit around 
and that movement causes a displacement. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hears the movement of the electrons and the cells and that grain of sand and everything. We, uh, there are so many things that generate sound that we are completely oblivious of, we don't know of. But movement generally causes displacement and displacement causes sound. SubhanAllah. And uh, we as human beings, in our limited ability, we can only focus on, on a few things at the same time. And even in terms of our hearing, can only focus on a few uh, things at the same time. And yet Allah subhanahu wa is actively listening to everything, understands everything, knows where it's coming from, and also understands its history and the legacy of that sound uh, and how it fits into the grand scheme of things, subhanAllah. Now, Muhammad Fasih, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's ability to hear is utterly perfect. There's nothing that is lacking. Now, when we look at that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us an ability to hear as well. Every sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, every name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we should try and understand it and we should try and emulate, copy or imitate that sifat as human beings in our own conduct and the way we behave. If we look at how we use our ears generally, then I must say that leaves a lot to be desired. We generally don't use our ears for the things that we should be uh, 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 using it for. So if we look at this great ni'mah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, great trust and responsibility that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us, and then we look at the use. So Allah gives us this ability, this amazing ability. We spoke about the amazing hearing apparatus that we have that we were born with. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala maintains this for us without us even asking for it. And then, when we use it, how do we honor Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, with it? Do we listen to the sounds that is pleasing to Allah? Do we listen to the sounds that is displeasing to Allah? And, and then we ask the question, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dislikes something, do we use our ears for that purpose? Or do we stay away from it? Yeah, I, I, this is something that most of us are guilty of. We slander and we backbite sometimes knowingly and sometimes not. We must remember uh, in Afrikaans we talk about skinner. Uh, slander and backbiting, skinner, uh, talking behind people's backs falls in the same category. It's a negative thing. It's something that Allah is displeased with. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it clear that you can't say bad things about a person whether it is true or not you can't say yeah but i'm telling the truth if you talk bad about somebody else it is a sin whether it is true or not and it is sometimes people people think it's okay to say something about somebody but in their presence so they say something bad to somebody uh, but to his face 
it's wrong to speak bad about a person whether that person is present or whether that person is absent whether it is true or whether it is not true you must remember nobody can backbite and slander somebody else if they are not two people <clears throat> even if you are absolutely quiet but you are just listening you are making it possible for the other person to slander by just allowing that person to say whatever it is that they are saying. Is it not so, Muhammad Fasih? SubhanAllah, because ultimately that person acts as the reciprocal for that information. So when someone is saying something, they are using that gift that Allah has given them, the gift of hearing, to listen to something that Allah is displeased with. And the person who has been given the gift of speech is using that speech to do something that Allah is displeased with. SubhanAllah. And yet the mercy of Allah is that Allah maintains the ability to hear and listen even though they are doing something that is displeasing. For instance, uh, if a father has given his child his son a cell phone and he does something that displeases him, he takes it back. But yeah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even though mankind is displeasing Allah in certain instances, Allah does not take away that ability and Allah is still merciful to his creation. SubhanAllah, SubhanAllah. Now, I just want to remind us about the Quranic verse that speaks about backbiting. Now, backbiting, you will say, but is that not speech? It's only possible for somebody to speak bad about somebody else if there is a listener. The listener is the one who makes the bad speech, the slandering and the backbiting possible. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks in the Quran about uh, verse 49, 12. And I quote, and do not spy or backbite each other. Would one of you like to eat the flesh of his brother when dead? You would detest it and fear Allah. Indeed, Allah is accepting of repentance and merciful. Close quote. Yeah, Allah makes it very clear how seriously, uh, how serious it is. Um, to get involved in slandering and backbiting but also the question of making it possible um, it's easy if we have the guts to tell somebody listen please I'm not interested in that because that sounds like you are slandering that person don't do it in a way where you hurt the person's feelings say it in a nice way but let them know that you are unhappy to listen to the wrong things. Use your ears for the things that Allah is pleased with. Um, don't be in company of people who use constantly use vulgar language and swearing and their jokes are all vulgar jokes. Um, stay out of company like that because eventually your ears can't take it anymore and they will testify. Oh Allah, this person subjected my ears all the time to this vulgar displeasing stuff uh, and your ears will testify or against you so if you make time to listen to good things you listen to the word of allah you listen to what the salihin and 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 and, and good advice um then your ears will testify for you oh allah and you and, and remember Every organ will be able to speak. Your fingers, your ears, your eyes, everything about your body 
on that day when you stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala every single atom and fiber within your body will be given the ability to speak for or against you so Allah is all seeing but you also have the witnesses in your own very body that you are talking about so make time to listen to good and beneficial talk and use your ears for things that Allah would be pleased with and don't make it possible for people to commit the wrong by listening to the wrong things. The voice of Buddha Salimani, this is the program Tawheed and the Creation, exploring the book The Big Bang, The Amazing Human Body. This evening, looking at the ear, looking at hearing, and Alhamdulillah, I think uh, that we've gained so much from this part two of the human ear, and uh, I think there's a lot for us to reflect upon in terms of the gifts and the ni'mah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Next week, we will be looking at the human eye, another gift, another blessing that Allah has given us, and we ask the questions also, what do we do with these eyes? Uh, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us, uh, inshallah. I mean, but Sadi, shukran so much for joining us and uh, all the best for the rest of the evening. Shukran, Muhammad Fasir, once again, uh, also to the listeners. And I want to say, don't forget when you look in the mirror, see the miracle of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, looking back at you from that mirror. You are one of the miracles in creation. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. From myself, Muhammad Fasih, Peter Sintel, I speak to you again, inshallah. I bid you assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah and have a fantastic evening further. La hawla wa la quwata illa billah. La hawla wa la quwata illa